Welcome to the podcast of Central Church. This is our latest weekly message. For the rest of our service today and then um, next week as well, I'm going to just do like a, a two-part sermon um, bouncing out of John chapter 1 and a translation of John chapter 1 that I've been sitting with and praying with actually over the last couple of months. And for those of you who were around last week in the morning, you would have um, experienced um, Becca sharing with us, um, we were looking at a passage of scripture from the First Nations New Testament. And I know how much so many people appreciated just seeing familiar scriptures in new, new language. Sometimes that's just such a gift to us that we can become very familiar with the Bible. Um, sometimes we could become over-familiar. So in a way we stop hearing it or stop reading it for what it is because we know what it's going to say. So to read it in a different translation when it kind of gives you a little bit of a skip or uses different words, it actually is a way of bringing life, fresh life to ancient wise words for us. So I... Um, I'm going to read this um, translation of John chapter 1, and I'm just reading verses 1 to 3 and then 9 to 14. And we might read it twice um, because it's quite lovely, and then I've just got some thoughts to share. So this is, um, it's actually a translation, uh, it's translated into the English from a um, theologian called Clive Scott, but the original Latin of this translation of John chapter 1 comes from Erasmus, who was in the 15th century. So it's got, it was in the Latin and then Clive Scott's put it into the English for us. And the main thing I suppose you'll see is that Erasmus translated the Greek word logos as conversation. So we know that the Greek word logos means word, or that's a reference point for us in English, but he used conversation, which theologians agree is an okay connection point for this word. It all arose out of a conversation, conversation within God. In fact, the conversation was God. So God started the discussion and everything came out of this. And nothing happened without consultation. The subject of the conversation, the original light, came into the world. The world that had arisen out of his willingness to converse, he fleshed out the words, but the world did not understand. He came to those who knew the language, but they did not respond. To those who did, became, those who did became a new creation, God's children. They read the signs and responded. These children were born out of sharing in the creative activity of God. They heard the conversation still going on here, now, and took part, discovering a new way of being people. To be invited to share in a conversation about the nature of life was for them a glorious opportunity not to be missed. Linda, do you want to read it again for me? I'll I'll hand you the microphone. It all arose out of a conversation, a conversation with God. 
In fact, the conversation was God. So God started the discussion and everything came out of this and nothing happened without consultation. The subject of the conversation, the original light, came into the world, the world that had arisen out of his willingness to converse. He fleshed out the words, but the world did not understand. He came to those who knew the language, but they did not respond. Those who did became a new creation, his children. They read the signs and responded. These children were born out of sharing in the creative activity of God. They heard the conversation still going on here, now, and took part, discovering a new way of being people. To be invited to share in a conversation about the nature of life was for them a glorious opportunity not to be missed. So as I've been, I've been reading this and praying this quite regularly or in my prayers sitting with this passage and just sitting with this whole idea that all of life is a divine conversation in which I'm invited to take part. And it's really for me brought out, you know, the words, the, the very familiar words of John chapter 1 in a in a very different way and that whole sense for me of us being invited as God's children into the conversation, that there is a conversation going on within God. In fact, God is the conversation and humanity is invited to take part in that conversation and that conversation is ongoing and that, um, you know, that last line, to be invited to share in, in a conversation about the nature of life is for us, God's people, a glorious opportunity not to be missed. And so I've been thinking about the, the listening and the speaking that is involved in having a conversation, that if there's a divine conversation going on all the time, that God is speaking and God is communicating himself and inviting us back into that conversation, and I am simply invited to join that conversation then how might I listen and how might I speak in a way that kind of connects in with that spiritual conversation? So I want to talk tonight about some of the ways in which we listen as a way of connecting into that divine conversation. And then next week, I want to talk about all the kinds of ways in which we speak as an act of joining the conversation with God. Um, and what I want to say, I guess, you know, up front, and this came out in our in our gathering together last week as we were talking about what it means to be the people of God who wrestle. That is the name of Israel, the people of God, means to wrestle with God. And so I want to acknowledge up front that the idea of joining the conversation isn't just one of like getting the right formula or learning the right plan and bingo, you're just in. In fact, it's actually not that simple in my experience. Maybe you're different. You're just like a divine whiz at entering the conversation. But I don't always find it easy to listen to God and hear him well. And sometimes I don't know quite how to enter the conversation in a way that is both pleasing to God and true to myself. So it's a wrestle. So I just want to acknowledge up front that this is a wrestle that we engage with. And in fact, to be the people of God means to wrestle 
to not always know how to speak and to not always know how to listen. And that's okay um, because that's part of what it means to be the people of God. So I don't want to give you at all any kind of formula. I just want to, I guess, inspire in us as the people of God here at Central Church that we keep becoming a community that listens well to the conversation, that that attunes our ear to what God is saying to us as individuals, to us as a community, and that we would be confident, that we would be courageous, that we would know all the ways that God wants to hear our voices participate in the conversation that he is always having. And so I just want to, I guess, over this week and next week, just lean a bit into that for us to remind us to tune our ears and to open our mouths to speak in ways that join this conversation. Um, As we look through the Bible, and the Bible gives us story after story after story of ways that people joined the conversation, we see time and time and time again that actually God is the great initiator of the conversation. In fact, right from the beginning with Adam and Eve, God is the one that speaks first to these people. God speaks first to Cain. God speaks first to Noah. God speaks first to Abraham. God speaks first to Samuel. God speaks first to Gideon. In fact, if you read all the stories, you'll see it's actually God who initiates the conversation in the first place, which is a heck of a relief to me because as I'm desiring to have a spiritual life, it's grace to know that it's actually not up to me to start the conversation. In fact, there's a conversation already going on in which God invites me into and calls me into with his very words to me. So that I find just really comforting that I don't have to always make this up as I go along. In fact, part of my spiritual life is simply listening to the God who calls to me first. And so the Bible always gives us this pattern that it's God that initiates, um, God that speaks first. God that comes looking and comes calling for us. And he waits for us to notice and respond and to join the conversation. I love that. I love that. And I want to just take a little bit of, uh, just a quick moment to have a look at how this plays out in one moment of Moses' life. Because I think this short account that I want to read out of Exodus 3 gives us a picture of what it is to actually start to join the conversation with our ears. So I want to read to you just the first five verses of Exodus 3, which is the story of the burning bush, which you know really well. Um, And we're going to read it. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. So you, you know the story of Moses, wonder kid found in a reed basket floating on the Nile, Pharaoh's daughter rescues him. He grows up in the palace, entitled, privileged Egyptian, even though he was um, an Israelite. He finds out and discovers who he is, gets real passionate for God, ends up murdering someone, not a great way to be passionate for God, runs away into the desert and has a midlife crisis and a big wilderness experience in the desert, gets married and wanders the desert tending sheep. So this is where we find Moses. He's got a sordid past a privileged past, but he's wandering in the wilderness looking after some sheep. Um, Moses led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. 
Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And as I was reading this and and pondering this and thinking about the conversation, the divine conversation that's always going on, God, the great initiator of conversation in our lives, I just what struck me in this story was the fact that there was this bush that's burning, but God waits until Moses decides to turn and take a look before God actually speaks. So there's like this, it's not like Moses saw this burning bush and automatically a voice comes out. It's like God was waiting to start the conversation with Moses for when he had captured Moses' attention. And this kind of funny quirk of this story, this idea that God waits for Moses to turn and notice and decide to move before the conversation begins, has made lots of rabbis speculate how many burning bushes there was before this one. Like how many burning bushes were on fire that Moses saw before he finally woke up enough to turn aside and then hears God calling to him from the burning bush, Moses, Moses. And it makes, I guess, in light of, you know, this idea of the God who is always speaking, um, it makes me think about all the ways that God tries to capture our attention so that he can speak to us. Because I think there's like, you know, just that step before words come to us from God is this idea that we need to be paying attention to actually hear what God has to say to us. Um, and I, I like the idea that maybe Moses walked past a whole bunch of strange, wooing activities of God before he finally decided to notice this one and turn and then God speaks. So I wonder how many ways does God try and capture our attention so that we'll listen And do we notice how many burning bushes do we walk past every day? Elizabeth Barrett Browning in her um, gorgeous poem, Aurora Lee, um, has this famous quote that you'll be familiar with and she writes, Earth's crammed with heaven and every common bush a fire with God, but only he who sees takes off his shoes the rest sit round and pluck blackberries. And it's like in the words of this poem, this beautiful poem, she captures this essence of humanity that actually we can live so distracted. We can live so like not noticing the glory of God in front of us. We're just interested in what we can get from what's in front of us. We'll just, we just want the blackberries. We just want to fill our life with as much stuff as possible and we miss the burning bush that's right in front of us. 
And I think God is always trying to capture our attention. God is always trying to invite us into the conversation. But I wonder why we're so distracted so much of the time that we don't even notice the bushes on fire in front of us and the voice of God is calling to us saying, come and listen to me. I wonder how all the ways in which we fill our lives with things and distract us and, and fill our bellies with blackberries. And I think Jesus knew this. Jesus knew this weakness of humanity to live so distracted, to not hear the conversation, to not notice the glorious things in front of us. And I think this is why he spoke in parables. In fact, this, he told us why he spoke in parables. He, at the end of every parable that Jesus spoke, he would finish by saying, let him who has ears hear. Like as if implying there's a whole bunch of people sitting in front of him that have ears but don't hear. It's like the bush is on fire but they haven't turned aside. So they haven't yet heard the voice of God. And so Jesus, the ultimate burning bush standing in front of them, knew that even in that moment there's people listening but not hearing. And after the parable of the sower, when the disciples try to kind of dig down a little bit deeper and say, why, Jesus, do you speak in parables? And just tell it plainly and people will get it. Jesus goes on to explain more why he does this. And he says, those seeing, they do not see. Those hearing, they do not understand. And he goes on to quote Isaiah chapter 6, where Isaiah writes, You shall hear indeed, but not understand. And you shall see indeed, but not perceive. For the heart of this people has become insensitive, and their ears hear with difficulty. And Isaiah goes on, on from there to, to say that God longs for people to turn and hear, to turn and see so he can heal them. But they do they don't see. They see, but they don't see. They hear, but they don't hear. It's like the conversation is always going on, but we're missing it because we haven't learned how to see and how to hear as God would have us do. That, the, the word that translates for the heart of the people have become insensitive actually literally means the heart of the people has become fat. And I love that connection to the idea of Elizabeth Barrett Browning's plucking blackberries. It's like how bellies are so fat with all the ways we try to sustain and fill our lives with what we think we need, that we're, we have no room to hear the voice of God calling to us. We have no eyes to see what God might be showing us. Um, and so I don't know if you can think or if you're connecting as I'm speaking with the ways that in your own life you might become your heart might become fat or your belly might become full or your ears might become deaf or your eyes might become blind in seeing all the ways that God invites you every day to join the conversation, to hear the words that he would speak to you, the invitation to speak in response. If I was to ask you, what was, what's the state of your ears at the moment, how would you answer like, how, are your ears switched on to what God might be saying to you? Or have you become a little bit deaf? And there, look, there is all, there's no judgment about how you are. It's just good to answer honestly. Because there's all kinds of things that can cause our ears to grow deaf, our hearts to grow cold, our eyes to dim. And the answer is not like pretending that it's all okay. The answer is coming to the one who longs to heal us 
so that we might see and hear and perceive what God has to say. In um, Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1, I'll find it but I'll just look up here. The writer of Hebrews says, In the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. That emphasis is mine. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his son, whom he, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he also made the universe. In the past God has spoke to us in various ways and at many times. And now, of course, he has spoken definitively through Jesus, God's son. So I find that Jesus is totally God's great word his final word and everything that we think we're hearing from God or the way we speak in the divine conversation has to be filtered through Jesus. Is this something Jesus would say if he was face to face with me? Is this something I would say to the face of Jesus? That should mitigate some of the way we enter the conversation. But I love the idea that there's not just one way that God tries to communicate with us. He is trying all the time there are bushes on fire all around us in all kinds of ways that the voice of God, the spirit of God, the love of God, the goodness of God is longing to cause us a moment of turning aside so that God can speak to us. And so as we kind of, well, I would like us to actually talk, talk to one another about the different ways at the moment that you feel like God is actually speaking to you. So I thought I could rattle off a list of all the ways, the various ways that God can speak to us. But I thought it would be rather better for us to sort of share with one another and to share together how God comes to us. How do we, what are the burning bushes in our lives? Where do we notice the invitation from God into the conversation? How are our ears picking up what God is saying to us? So what I want you to do, a couple of minutes, real quick, just talk to the people around you um, and I want you to answer, did I write any questions? Yes, I did. In what ways is God trying to capture your attention at the moment? So like at the moment, in, the, in, these, in this moment in your life, how is God trying to capture your attention and how is God speaking to you? Just a couple of minutes, talk quickly and then we'll filter back and we'll just see if we can come up with a whole bunch of burning bushes, a whole bunch of ways that God speaks to us to draw us into this conversation that's going on. Okay, what a, oh, I'd love for us to make like a list, little creative list of all the ways that God is inviting us into the conversation as that translation of John says that we are, it's out of sharing the creativity of God that we become involved in the life of God that as we share in God's creativity, we discover what it means to be a new people as we listen to the conversation. So what are some of those? You don't need to tell me what um, God's been saying to you, but few people share how God speaks to them. How, you know, how does God speak to you? Or if you dob in the person next to you who said something really profound, um, what are some of the ways through nature? Every, do people sense God in nature? Yes. It's one of the huge ways that God speaks to us, like all the heavens declare the glory of God, that there is such wisdom to be found in nature. And just this stilling sense that nature gives us as we draw near, like God speaks to us 
just through nature. It's wonderful. How else? Through music, through through lyrics, or the the vibe. <laughs> yes, God comes to us through music, through all kinds of art, actually, poetry and um, sculpture, and like just creativity, the creativity of someone else, how God can just come and sweep us off our feet. Art has a way of getting under our brains and into our hearts. And we often need that engaging our spirits. We need to get under our thinking, which can trip us up and get us into like connecting with God. How else? Silence. I was wondering if someone was going to say silence because I actually think silence is one of the huge ways that God actually speaks to us. And it's paradoxical. Because we think, what does it mean to enter the conversation if silence is a great part of the conversation? What is the silence of God inviting us into? What is the silence of God teaching us? It's a huge part of the conversation. Yeah. Through yoga and meditation, through moving and stilling your mind. Yeah, God comes to us and speaks to us through time. God speaks to us through time. God, spe- I, God speaks to us in the right time. God speaks to us in repetition when we're like, oh, yeah, my wife said that to me and then I heard that over there and I didn't hear it from... <laughs> yeah, great. What else? Through pain and suffering. Yeah, I think actually there, there was a passage from Job I was going to re- read out, but I didn't because it's a bit complex, but it talks about... God, because Job is complex, right? It's just like, where do you go? You can't go there. Um, God speaks to us through suffering. It's an invitation to learn something, to know something that's true, to know the God that enters into our own suffering, to know why we've, if the suffering is part of our own doing, to listen to the voice of God that might speak to us about why we've ended up here. It's not always the case, but sometimes it can be. What else? No one has said the most obvious one, guys. Come on, are you a Bible-believing church or what? Al said it. Al said it. I can always rely on you, Al. <laughs> yeah, through the words of Scripture, of course. God speaks to us through the words of Scripture, speaking to us from his, from his written word. What else? Other people, yeah. God comes to us in the faces and the voices of others. Anything else? Our conscience, preaching is good. Someone else helping to understand like what the word of God says to us. Our conscience, that inner voice that God speaks to us, that still small voice that's inside of us, the Holy Spirit speaking to us. Yeah. Through our dreams. Yeah. God speaks to us through dreams, dreams and visions, helping us unpack the things that are in us, helping us unpack what God is saying. What else? Yeah. Through testimonies. Yeah to hearing the stories of faithful people who followed God. I think, um, Mel, you tapped into it probably a little bit with yoga, but I often think God speaks to us in our bodies. Like our bodies are designed to be great receptors of information. And, you know, it's amazing how much we can ignore our bodies at times, but God speaks to us through our bodies. That's what a lot of the sensations we have. That's what some, some of what pain is. That's when we have those things that rise up in us. God, it's, God, God, it's a way of, it's a, it can be a burning bush if we turn aside to hear the voice of God, our feelings and our emotions. Like all these ways, God has spoken to us 
in many ways and at many times. And all these things in our lives day to day, they can be like burning bushes, alive with the glory of God. And I think the invitation is always to like turn aside and then to listen and to hear the God that calls us out. So I want to finish um, just, and we're going to finish with communion and we're going to bring the kids down. So it's going to be chaos in a minute. But I do want to, I just want to ask you this question as we finish. I want to ask you like, what do you need to do this week to turn aside like Moses turned towards the burning bush so that you can hear whatever it is that God might be saying to you and that you might be able to enter the conversation, that divine conversation that is going on, that conversation that is God, that that wooing that God always does, that he wants to listen, he wants to speak, he wants to be our confidant, our friend, He is a God who speaks. He is a God who listens. What do we need to do this week to turn aside, to notice the burning bush, to press pause on the blackberries long enough to notice the flames of the glory of God around us? I want to just finish by reading this little benediction that's at the end of this, um, the prayer that I've been praying that this came out of. And it just says this, may the three in one who began this conversation be present today in all our conversations, filling them with a sense of holy awe at the wonder of our stories, in the pleasure of human and divine connection. And may our friendship with God deepen in intimacy as we learn to listen and talk with Christ face to face as one friend talks to another. And Father God, that's my prayer for us um, this year as a community, that we would grow ever deeper in our connection with you, in our friendship with you, that the way that we wrestle with you, the way that we walk your good road, the way that we be like followers of Jesus, would come out of the conversation in which we're participating, the ways we hear your voice, God, speaking to us and the ways that you invite us to speak back and join in the the conversation that's happening around this world. So God, would you draw us deeper in friendship, in intimacy? Would you dig out our blocked ears and peel the scales away from our eyes? Would you warm our hearts up if they've grown cold? That we would be people who do hear and actually understand, who do see and can perceive what you're doing among us. This is what we ask, God. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to check out more about Central, visit us at centralchurch.org.au. Music by Chris D'Souza, a beloved member of Central.